This is Calvary Baltimore's Harford County Bible Study with our senior pastor, Josh Plantholt. Here's Pastor Josh. Matthew 5. Matthew 5. So, everyone here should know, but just a quick little recap. The story of Jesus is told by Matthew is being told in such a way that it's retelling the story of Israel. And, of course, we had started with Father Abraham, and then we had Joseph, uh, Jesus' father, Joseph the Dreamer, paralleling Joseph. And then eventually we had Jesus getting baptized. And when he gets baptized, surprise, surprise, he goes through the waters into the wilderness. Picture of the Red Sea. Uh, then he is tempted by Satan. And the three temptations are the same three temptations that the Israelites face in the wilderness. But of course, there's an inverse through all this. The Israelites are the unfaithful child that God deserved. And Jesus is the faithful, perfect son of God uh, for, in our stead. So again, he's, he's faithful Israel through this whole uh, thing. Then at the end of Matthew chapter 4, Jesus gathers his apostles, he gathers the four, and so he's starting to assemble a new people into the wilderness. <clears throat> and now in Matthew chapter 5, like Moses, uh, when the people were in the wilderness, they went to Mount Sinai to receive a new law. Well, here we are in the wilderness, the Mount of Beatitudes, a new Sinai, and the new Moses is there, and he's giving a new law. Uh, and of course, it's it, the way that it appears is that Jesus is at the top of the mountain, immediately surrounded by the four, the apostles, then the people. So what we have is we have Jesus is the new temple. He is Yahweh. Uh, he is the I am from the burning bush. Uh, and then we have the new priesthood and the apostles. And then, of course, the end is the, the people, which will then be incorporated into that uh, as, as the story progresses. So here we are. Jesus is giving a new law. Uh, verse 6 will be where our new picks up, but let's get a running start here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the first beatitude, so important. Blessed are those who are spiritually bankrupt, <laughs> who recognize their absolute dependence upon God. If you are, if you are poor in spirit, you know you do not deserve heaven. How many people do we talk to? I'm a good person. That is not poor in. That's the anti-poor in spirit. Uh, to be poor in spirit is to say, God, I'm a sinner. Be merciful. And Jesus says, they're getting in. <laughs> they're the first to get in. Which is so great to know, because before I learned that, that yeah. always confused me. I know. Because I thought, well, I mean, I was, you know, mm -hmm. thinking, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I love the Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I'm doing these good things. I take care of my mom. And you were just and good enough to deceive yourself. Yeah, and everybody used to tell me, oh, you're going to heaven. Uh-huh. Right? Mm -hmm. And I read, I would read that, and I would be like, "Well, wait a minute, I'm not poor in spirit. Does that mean I don't go to heaven?" Yeah, mm. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. That's why this is so important. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And the next one: Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And 
so a lot of people now this big liberalism push in the church and, and not liberalism in the sense of conservative versus liberals liberalism in, as an approach in which to read the scriptures um, uh, it, it's a certain way in which to read the Bible uh, and typically it the miracles aren't miracles. They're, they're, the Bible's being more fantastical with its language, those sorts of things. Well, a lot of times with, with these movements are the social gospel, and it all becomes about works and what we do and how we did you did you feed the poor at Thanksgiving. Well, a lot of times when when you start looking at all of the scriptures through social change and activism, when you come to blessed are the poor, you go, oh, we need to care for the poor. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who mourn. We need to take care of the disenfranchised mm-hmm. minorities of society. And it mm-hmm. becomes this whole lens. But that's not what God's talking about at all. Um, since when are the poor automatically going to heaven? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just There's no framework for that in the Bible. Uh, blessed are those who mourn. Well, evil people can mourn. Uh, but So what does this mean? Well, Jesus is building um, this beatitude off of Isaiah 61. And in Isaiah 61, it's talking about a mourning over sin. You know, th- those... I think it was with the poor in spirit, right? I really don't like giving examples in my from my own life. I just, that's something I don't like. But I am going to. When I can't think of any other way to communicate it, I'd rather do it than not. So I was dealing with, I was dealing with um, a couple... Uh, I don't. I want to be sensitive here, cause sensitive information. But I was dealing with a couple that almost a marriage that almost ended mm-hmm. from some sin interjected into the relationship. And I remember I got off the phone with the counseling session, and I dropped to my knees and just started to bawl because I was so mad at the sin that's just mm-hmm. tearing apart our families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't until I just read it just now for all of you, I realized this is what it's talking about. Oh, yeah. It's a mourning over sin when your kid's on heroin or your people are fighting. It's like, God, this is horrible. That's Isaiah 61. It's looking at the sin around you, and it grieves you. It mourns you. Um, and and there's, also, there's, there's also an element, right, because... When we talk about society, we tend to always look at everyone else, but that all we are also in society. Mm-hmm. So there's also a mourning over our own sins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which the Holy Spirit will get you on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it goes on, verse 5, <clears throat> Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Um, the, the meek here is, is power restrained. Uh, Jesus said he was meek, uh, and, and, it, and it means more than gentle. It, it, it's gentleness that could be tough. <laughs> it's gentleness, and especially in the face of adversity. So remember when Jesus is on the cross and they said, call yourself off of that cross. You know, he can get down. And Jesus absolutely could, but he was meek in that mm. moment. Remember, Moses said he was the meekest man who ever lived. There, there was a meekness there, but there was incredible power mm-hmm. in who Moses was. I mean, in the opening scene of the Exodus, it says he struck the Egyptian and it killed them. But but when you read that in the Hebrew, he struck him without intent to kill him. He, I don't think he meant to kill the Egyptian, but he hit him so hard he died. <laughs> so he's a powerful man. 
Uh, he's also a man of conviction. He sees slavery, it grieves him. And then immediately, remember, he, he gets busted and he has to flee into, into Midian. And he sees these women. They're trying to fill up their, their, their water jugs at the well. And these shepherds start harassing them. And immediately he comes to their rescue and fights off a whole bunch of shepherds by himself. This is a man. You know, this is a man's man, and yet he was meek. It was it was power restrained, and of course, Jesus is the apex to this. Uh, and so, for us, we need to be meek. We need to respond gently, like even power even with our our difficult people. <clears throat> um, new territory, verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. If you remember, we, we have nine blesseds here. Blessed, 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 blessed. What does blessed mean? And we have to remember, Jesus quoted from one book of the Bible more than any other book in the entire Bible, and that's the Psalms. You want to understand Jesus? Read the Psalms outside of the gospel. And the Psalms open with blessed. Blessed are the righteous man, right? Who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sin, and sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he, and he meditates in the law both day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season. How often does Jesus call people trees and fruit? All the time. And its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. So in the Psalms, the blessed are trees. Trees who are nourished, who bear good fruit. And to Jesus, um, the, the blessed are those who like trees thirst for water. <laughs> Here we see that the, the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So this is a blessed are thirsty trees, essentially. Um, and what, what are the believers, what are, what are the, the people, those who bear good fruit, the trees that bear good fruit, what, what are they thirsty for? Well, Jesus says righteousness. Mm -hmm. Now, righteous, the, the righteousness in the Greek uh, means living in a way that God approves of. Just a right way of life. This is not a hard jump from English to Greek here. This works well in our favor. Uh, but Jesus is saying that the man or woman who Psalm 1 delights in the law of the Lord, the person who thirsts and hungers for righteousness and right living, are blessed and will be satisfied. Now, I'm sitting there going, where do I go with this? And I came up with three ways. <laughs> First, the kingdom. We have to remember that the first beatitude and the eighth beatitude have the same exact promise within it. And the ninth beatitude is a conclusionary beatitude. So all of the beatitudes are framed within blessed, blessed for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are kingdom tunes as much as they are anything else. And so the meek, Jesus is laying out the meek advance the kingdom of God in the great commission. So the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness will be satisfied as the kingdom advances. The, we have to understand that God accomplishes everything, right? But he also calls us to be part of his accomplishment, <laughs> to, to do things. Uh, Moses, I need you to go down to Egypt. I need you to free my slaves. <laughs> God didn't need Moses. He was an 80-year-old man. He did not need Moses. Uh, yet God delights to use people. And then that's his prerogative. He's God. He can do what he wants. Uh, <coughs> think of the proverb that you know, a man makes his plans, but the Lord, Lord orders his steps. And you have a plan, but God will orchestrate you so that he can achieve 
But the, but the way that God seems to effectively work in his vessels are when they are people who, who strive for righteousness. Mm-hmm. That seems to be when those two things line up. I mean, how many times do we see a pastor fall into sin or some mm-hmm. sort of horrible... It's a, you look at it and go, it's a complete perversion of what God intended. Mm-hmm. But when you see a faithful, godly man or woman, pastor, not pastor, and, and they're walking in righteousness, it's right. It, it, seems, it seems right. And this is what Jesus is talking about. That the righteous, those who hunger and thirst for right living, right living before God, they advance the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And think about it. As we're surrounded more and more uh, by people who desire righteousness, the more we also become satisfied (laughs) because if we desire righteousness and we surround ourselves by people who desire righteousness, Mm -hmm. righteousness wins out when we're together. Mm -hmm. And so we become satisfied immediately in the kingdom of God. You know what? You know, like on Sunday, like the worship was powerful Sunday, Mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, how great the Father's love for us. Like you could hear everyone, like we were agreeing <laughs> when we sang. And it was a sense of um, we were satisfied because we were desiring righteousness as a community. Um, and, and so this righteousness advances itself within our own immediate context, within the kingdom of God. Uh, secondly here, the, the way this plays out is, is, is in heaven. So... Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied because one day we're going to be in heaven. <laughs> you know, there, there's going to come a time to where we all die. It's, gonna, it's appointed for all men to die. And when we are in heaven, we will no longer be around sin. It will be tossed from us. What is? Uh, it'll be thrown in heaven and the door locked. Uh, <laughs> um and the righteous who have hungered and thirst for righteousness, like, God, I just want your will to be done. In my life, in my family, that's going to come to fruition one day in everyone who desires righteousness. And so in heaven, of course, this is ultimately met in that way. Though in the church, and in our first point, we, we get that to a degree now. God gives us these little glimpses mm-hmm. of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's beautiful. And of course, there's coming a time when that never ends, which yes and amen, I'm ready. Uh, third, uh, transformation. So those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied because they themselves will be transforming. There's an old, there's a saying, you are what you love. I love that saying. I think about it all the time. You love Star Wars? It's going to be on all your lawn. You're going to go to the conventions and watch the shows. You know, you you transform into what you behold in in a very real way. Well, if your life's desire is to live righteously, that changes you into righteousness. And so as the godly who are growing in the word and godliness, as they desire righteousness, they themselves will become more and more righteous. And this is satisfying. You ever have a sin you've been dealing with for 5, 10, 20 years? You just can't kick it. And then one day God gives you the victory over it. That is immensely satisfying. (laughs) And this is part of what Jesus is talking about. The righteous will be satisfied. There's multiple layers to the fulfillment of this. 
that yes, it, we don't want to put all of these promises as when I die, I'll finally get the get the cash out. It's like no, 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 no. This is here now. You're blessed now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and and as we be a desire righteousness, we become righteous, and then we become satisfied. If that's what we thirst for, mm-hmm. what what a quenching thing. And also along this vein, it's immensely satisfying to have your mind renewed. Mm. Oh, what a blessed yeah. thing that is. Mm. You, you ever find yourself going, I'm responding differently than I used to. Mm-hmm. That's a glorious blessing mm-hmm. when you come to that realization. Like, I'm not as petty as I used to be or angry as I used to. I don't have to get one over on mm-hmm. this person anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and... I do that every day right in work, watching these people. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I don't have to be the first guy up to the left. No. You right. always... But that's satisfying. satisfying. And that satisfaction's a gift from God. Yeah. You know, he's he's... He's blessing you for your thirst. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, verse 7. This is going to be our last. Uh, no, no, we have two more. You mm-hmm. thought you were getting out of here. <clears throat> Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. So. The merciful will receive mercy. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I, I couldn't help but to think of something uh, Jesus said, though, in Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whenever you see Jesus say truly, or truly, truly, verily, verily, pay attention. <laughs> truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Everyone loves that part. The next verse is not so favorable. And whenever you stand praying, forgive that part. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Oh! (laughs) To forgive a trespass is to show mercy. Jesus essentially just said that those who show mercy will themselves receive mercy from God. We have to extend it if we're going to expect it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a really tough pill to swallow mm-hmm. because we all feel like perfect victims. <laughs> it's the same as like reaping and sowing. I mean, you need to sow it to reap it. And yeah, on that day, on that, that, that uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the other story that he told about the judge that forgave the guy his debts. Yeah. And the big dad, he wouldn't forgive somebody that owed him 10 bucks and beat him up. Uh, threw him in the jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And that's how people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, let's frame it. These are kingdom dudes. Yeah. Jesus is telling us, if you're in the kingdom of God, you're merciful. Mm-hmm. Those in the kingdom of God need to be merciful. Jesus just said in Mark 11, if you want your prayers answered, you have to be merciful. This is a theme all the way through the scripture. And when Jesus was coming on the scene, the, the, the Persians hated the Greeks. The, 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 mm-hmm. the Greeks had frustrations with the Romans. The Romans hated the Persians. Everyone hated the Jewish people. The mm-hmm. Jewish people hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans, everyone hated everybody. Mm-hmm. 
certain factions of Rome hated other factions of Rome. Everyone hated everybody. And for the gospel to take off, this was foundational. Mm. Yeah, this had to happen. And so we get a little desensitized to it now when we make it personal, but this is also national. We, we have to forgive even our most grievous of enemies. Um, I, I was thinking about another passage of scripture, uh, Luke 740. Um, and and it's, a, it's a story where, I'm going to read it. I don't care. Uh, and Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So Jesus was invited to the, to the house of a Pharisee. And he answered, say it, teacher. And now Jesus tells a parable. I love Jesus' parables because they're so insightful and they're also a butt kicking all at the same time. It's wonderful. And he says, a certain money lender had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they, uh, when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. And then, and and turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came and she has not ceased to kiss, ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, he knew who he was dealing with, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he was forgiven little love little and that's you're almost too good to need forgiveness you know <laughs> and he said to her your sins are forgiven then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves who is this who forgives sins and he said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace the believer can love much because we have been forgiven much <laughs> when you have come to the realization of the reality of the cross, that I am a sinner. And the more you walk with the Lord, the Holy Spirit does a really efficient job of showing you how crummy you can be. <laughs> and you realize how much of a sinner you are. Like, I did not earn this at all. <laughs> I did not earn this. And when you really come to terms, when you really behold the cross, something happens to us and we, we learn to forgive. We learn to forgive sinners because we've learned we are sinners. <laughs> um, when I'm dealing, I, I do lots of counseling. Whenever I'm dealing with somebody who's always easily offended, you get these people. Maybe you know them. Maybe it's you. I don't know. But if you deal with these people who are always easily offended, I, I re, I've learned I'm dealing with someone who is not aware of their own sin. It is just, just the way that it is. Uh, and, and typically... The most offended person in the family, this is just a tip, you don't need to know this, but I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> Typically, the most offended person in the family is the one who's doing the most offending. Mm -hmm. It's almost always that way. They're always wounded, mm -hmm. yet they're just shooting everyone in their house. Uh, and they're the victims all the time. And, and, and it is these people who are shallow or not fully aware of the extent of the cross in their life. You know, again, when you know you're a sinner, you're inclined to forgive sinners <laughs> because it's what you are. 
you know, it's it's just it's very easy for people to be merciless when they when they believe that they've earned heaven, mm-hmm. when they believe I'm a good person or I'm fighting for climate change and they, you know, I've saved mm-hmm. six dolphins this year and then and then they could throw stones at whatever, whatever whatever social cause. They there there's this virtue that builds up within themselves yeah. that gets very good at throwing stones at mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Um yeah, self righteousness, well, yeah, and it's true. I've done this. I've done this. I've done mm-hmm. this. I've done this. Mm-hmm. I, 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 mm-hmm. I. Therefore, do not cast dispersions mm-hmm. on me, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I have all this stuff on all that here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. self applauding. Yeah. And that yeah. man-made but religion. It's so easy yeah. to fall into that. And know? it oh. I mean, that oh, yeah. sin is oh, yeah. so easy to fall into. Yeah, man's heart is a perpetual idol factory. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we make ourselves, we are our biggest idol. <laughs> yeah, but that, that man-made religion of self-works, mm-hmm. it, it's very merciless. Mm-hmm. Because if someone's down on their luck, well, they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as I am. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. very deceptive. That's the word, deceptive. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there, there's this blessed are the merciful if they should receive mercy in, in the sense of we need to understand we're sinners that we first yeah. receive mercy so we can show mercy right. also fun fact here this Greek word for mercy in this beatitude is only used twice in the entire Bible mm-hmm. there's lots of mercies in the Bible but mm-hmm. this is a very surgical mercy mm-hmm. here it, it, it's here and in Hebrews 2.12 that says mm-hmm. therefore He had to be made like his brothers in every respect, talking about Jesus, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus is our merciful high priest. He's the surgeon. He is the merciful high priest here. If we want to draw a line now to the Greek Old Testament, uh, this word is used to describe grace or mercy or often pity. Uh, it's having pity on others because you know God has had pity on you. <laughs> and this is how Jesus operates with us. He, he is our merciful. He has pity on us. How often do you read in the Bible and it says, and Jesus was moved with compassion. He had compassion on. This is, this is, this is the vein that we're working in here. Um <clears throat> One more beatitude. We can do it. Verse eight. I love this. My this is one of my favorites. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Isn't that awesome? I want to see God. <laughs> I'll take this one. The pure in heart here, because who's really pure in heart? I'm not. You know. Well, I've, I've uh, ruled myself out of this one, so what's Jesus talking about here? The word pure in heart here means clean or pure. And a clean heart means to be free of hypocrisy and manipulation. So what this means really is it means to be utterly sincere or transparent. Blessed are the transparent, for they shall see God. People with no hidden motives. Now, when God's working in your life, he starts to do that. It's not that we're perfect. 
God never expects perfection from us. What does John tell us in First John? He who says he has no sin is a liar. <laughs> we all have, you know, sins in our lives. None of us are completely pure. But, but here, it really means blessed are the sincere or the transparent. So here's, here's my, my intended life lesson from my life that I wanted to share today. <clears throat> my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, Paula, we get along so good. I love my mother-in-law. We have the best time all the time. It's wonderful. Well, when I married her daughter, every once in a while, I noticed we would have a conversation. And then the next day after our conversation, she'd come up to me and she goes, you know, when I said that thing, if I offended you, I apologize. I'm like, what? Well, no, it's fine. And this happened four, five more times. She kept coming back to me. Listen, if I if I said something that offended you, I'm really sorry. And after a while, I realized she was just, that was the way she was. She was one of those people that after the conversation, you're playing it. You're playing it in your head all night. Did I come across right? Did I say the right thing? Could I Could I have been nice? And she started to get in her head about this because I think she really values the, the, the relationship that we have. So it's an honorable, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And I remembered at one point, oh my goodness, she's going to do this for the rest of our <laughs> lives together. How do I help her? So the, I said, and I came up with a plan and shows the, the one, the last time she did this, she goes, Josh, if I, you know, when I said, if you wanted an extra meatball, I didn't, you know, I just hope that didn't offend you, you know, whatever it was, you know, like, what are you calling me a meatball? I, you know, I said, Paula, let's make a deal. If you ever say something that offends me, I love you enough to tell you I'm offended. I will always be honest with you. And if you, I say something to you that offends you, I expect you to love me enough to tell me. Mm -hmm. I said, and that's, I said, can you agree to that deal? And she goes, yes. I said, deal. And, and a few times she goes, if I offend you, I said, up, 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 up. We had a deal. If there's ever a problem, I'm telling you, I will tell you. I promise. I love you too much to lie to you. I will tell you. Now, here's the point. Me and my mother-in-law made a deal to be pure in heart towards each other. That's what this is. To be utterly transparent with the people in your life. <laughs> and we made a pact to be pure in heart towards one another. And this is how a believer, those in the kingdom, are to be with all people. To be, you, you don't need to read between the lines or to figure me out or to, what's he really saying? Like, the, there shouldn't be any of that. We, we just tell it like it is. Yeah, I tell people, I say, I tell, yeah. I say what I mean when I say it. I say what I mean, I mean what I say. Now, I will say, there's also wisdom in how to give. That's why you're weird. We're opposites. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're together. Yeah, like, you know, hey, your breath stinks or your breath stinks. You know, there's a big difference. You know, there's there's a there's a healthy way to communicate. And there's times and places to communicate. But we need to be a transparent people. What does Jesus say? Let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. Just say it the way that it is. Now, Jesus says that the pure in heart will see God. How I just love that promise. Mm. To be pure, pure in heart, again, is to be transparently honest. To have a heart free from... Not, not only... I'm trying to... The human brain's so limited to explain the things of God. I feel like 
I need to run 60 miles an hour, but I can muster five. <laughs> How you think we feel? It's not just being honest. <clears throat> it's also being pure motived. Mm-hmm. You cannot be transparent if you're always working an angle. Mm-hmm. And we all know people that are always working mm-hmm. angles. See what they can get out of yeah, and and that's why, like, there's even like like some professions, and maybe I, I might be doing a real foot in the mouth thing here, but I'm gonna go for it. Like some professions where you're like always drumming up business, mm-hmm. you know, like um, people will start like inviting you over, but it's like surprise Tupperware, buy something, <laughs> or, or or and it's like I'm a commodity to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and you, you start to, and again, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I got a thing, you know, whatever. But but you, the people start tricking people and to do, and, and, and we have to be free from malice here. In order to be truly transparent, we have to be of a character that can be transparent. Uh, and so there's an innocent heart here, which again, I, I really believe only the Lord can do right. in us. I, I mean, think about when Jesus they were all arguing who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He brought a little kid and put it on his lap. He was willing to be like this. <laughs> you know, of low stature, of... Uh, this is what it means to be in the kingdom of heaven. Like, just to stop playing games and to just be honest. And if your heart's not where it needs to be, get it where it needs to be. And I, I do want to say it's important as believers to be pure in heart towards the world. Because, you know, our witness is no good otherwise. Mm-hmm. But it's especially, you know, we see in the Bible, we need to be good especially to the household of faith. Mm-hmm. We need to be honest with the world. We mm-hmm. extra need to be honest with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll hear me say, um, say like people come to church and, you know, we get so used to like not wanting to burden people. And it's always like, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, when we come to church, that's the place to bleed a little. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. So we really need to be honest with her. We really need to be honest with each other. But even more importantly than that, we need to be honest with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to be transparent with God. We, we can get so used to manipulating people. Mm-hmm. We have the audacity to think we can do it to God. Mm-hmm. And we don't address the problems we need to. We don't pray the way that we should. We don't read honestly. You ever read the Bible and you start seeing everyone else in there? And it's like, no, 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 no. You need to see you. <laughs> you, you, you are the problem here. Uh, and so very much like the poor in spirit, we need to approach God with this brokenness, with this mm-hmm. honesty, this, this lack of manipulation and coercion here to, to come before God and to not have any walls and not to pretend that we're holier than we are mm-hmm. uh, and to come in an absolute honest dependency for him. And what does Jesus say about these people that do that? They will see me. They will see me. Those who are just honest, honest with others, honest with me, they will see me. It's a promise. What a precious promise. Well, that's all we got. You've been listening to Calvary Baltimore's Harford County Bible Study. If you'd like to get in touch or come visit us at Calvary Baltimore, 
Head to calvarychapelbaltimore.org for service times and directions. If you have a prayer request or you just want to say hi, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at calvary.faithlife at gmail.com. If you've been blessed by today's teaching and would like to donate to the work that God is doing through Calvary Baltimore, go to our website at calvarychapelbaltimore.org and click Donate Now. Pastor Josh and all of us at Calvary Baltimore consider it a blessing to serve you. We hope you'll join us again for the next edition of the Calvary Baltimore Harford County Bible Study.